Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you this frigid, frigid <laughs> January the 12th of uh, 2023? Whoa. I am in uh, Helsinki, uh, Finland, and uh, it is cold. I tell you that. Um, Whoa, what is it? Let me see. Weather in Helsinki. It's currently cloudy and 34 degrees. Yeah, so just just basically freezing. Um, there are heaps, mounds of snow that go up to your chest, just sort of <laughs> shoveled aside here. And, uh, you know, it, uh, the, the very high northern latitude uh, doesn't help either, right? It's... The sun rises at like 9.30, out by 10 a.m., uh, and then it sets by 3.30. So, you know, you're, you're, you're in the dark completely by 3.30 or so. Um, and, and so what does that mean? Was that 10 to like 3, right? Like you got five hours of daylight and the rest is just uh, darkness and cold. Um, uh, that said, it's been a hell of a trip. It's just been an amazingly good, fun trip. I've had so much fun and... Um, yeah, I, I, I spent my time here uh, uh, with a large bank here in, uh, in in the country and just an amazing time. I just learned a lot. I, I uh, had a great show. It's a, it was a conference, a developer's show, you know. And um, uh, wow, golly, so much fun. And uh, it's a brief trip, I confess, but only because I have to get back to the States and I'll be speaking at uh, the Atlanta Java User Group here in January. In a few days, uh, I think the sixteenth. I could be wrong. I don't know, um, but uh, wow, what a trip! What a trip! Whew. First trip of the year, and it is cold. I hope I don't have any viruses, not even so much as a cold, when I get back. I certainly wore the layers and uh, did my part to keep warm, but um, you know, things these things will happen. Hopefully, if I do get a, a virus of some sort, it's one of the lesser ones, like a like a twenty four hour cold or something. You know. Um, oh wow! So many great people. I met th- this bank is a heavy user of Spring, uh, and they've done uh, just an incredible job. They have hundreds of microservices, and so they've sort of just got on with it, right? They've just they've used to the best of their abilities all the stuff that we've put out to make that work easier, and they've built some besides, right? Some infrastructure to support that. They've gotten consistency across their services with uh, with sort of disciplined pl- application of. Uh, uh, DevOps and uh, and and using uh, Spring Boot auto configuration and starters and uh, patterns uh, to uh, the extreme. I mean, they really have done a phenomenal job. I mean, golly, uh, they had you know lo- metrics and tracing and observabilities uh, sort of tuned in for all the services across the fleet. Uh, they have um, dashboards that give you a single bird's eye view of everything. They've got just a really good uh, testing etiquette as well. I'm just uh, well, very inspiring. I learned a lot, actually. I really did. Uh, it was quite a good day, and uh, I hope I, I hope some people got something out of the experience uh, with me as well, but, uh, you know, I certainly learned a lot. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Um, tomorrow, I, 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 I know, actually, later today, I uh, turn back around and head home. Like I said, I'm not looking forward to the long journey, but I've uh, I'm happy for the time I spent here. You know, I'm happy to have come and uh, visited 
uh, I don't know. I don't know which which is harder for me actually. I yeah, so if you've ever been to Northern Europe, right, Scandinavia, uh, Finland and Denmark and uh, Sweden and Nor- Norway and Estonia, uh, these countries are typically they're they're typically very dark and cold in the winter months, and then very 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 bright and lo- you know the days are extraordinarily long uh, in the summer months. So you get to you know June, July, August. And you, if you get if you get three hours of sun of of nighttime rather, if you get three hours of nighttime, you're you know, it, it's it's considered a uh, a long night, you know, um, and that can be. I think for me, those cause more problems. I actually I, I think I can handle more night because you can always fall asleep if it's dark. You might fall asleep at the wrong time because it'll be too dark, too long. But I uh, you know, you can always drink coffee to get past that, right? For me, the hard part is the the summer months when you have no, your body has no natural indicator that it's time to go to bed, right? Um, and uh, it just kind of eats at you, you know. <laughs> uh, I, 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 you can be, you have to be careful in the summer. It, it can be kind of tricky. But uh, yeah, either way, I'm just super, ha- super happy to have been here. I wish you all could have been here. Uh, I'm going to the uh, Atlanta Job User Group, and then I'm going home again, and then I'm going off to a viewing party for Spring One Essentials in in New York City. So it'll be. Just a ton of fun. I cannot. This is going to be. This is shaping up to be a great month. I'm already starting to firm up plans for a number of different shows later this year, uh, starting February. J Focus. I'll be at J Focus in Stockholm in Sweden. That's again Scandinavia. I'll be returning to this very region, not too far from now, uh, less than a month from now. Um, actually, less than three weeks from now, if I'm if I think about it. Uh, just you know. A lot of stuff. I hope to see you all on the road. I hope to see you out there. It's sure to be a lot of fun. There's so much good stuff to talk about with Spring Boot 3 uh, and uh, Spring Framework 6. So, you know, I hope to see you there. I hope to join you. Uh, and uh, today, my friends, today we have an amazing episode. Today we talked to uh, fellow Java champion and legend Mario Fusco. Now, Mario is a... Um, he's Italian. And uh, in a lot of the world, Christmas is celebrated... Uh, on the twenty first, on the twenty fifth, sure, but it carries on into the first week of January uh, for for Orthodox Christmas celebrations and for Catholics and uh, and so on. There's a lot of different flavors uh, or denominations of Christianity that have Christmas that carries on until the first week, and so they have a uh, Three Kings Day, right, in much of the uh, uh, Southern Europe uh, European scene, right. So, um, and that's you know they call it Epiphany in Spain, I think, and uh, Three Kings Day and, and whatever. Anyway, suffice it to say, I, as an American, where we don't really do that, uh, am an idiot, and I forgot that that was that day, the 6th of January, uh, the day on which we recorded this was actually Three Kings Day. And Mario, because he's amazing, uh, agreed you know, to the uh, date, didn't say a word, and then the day of, I joined the Zoom, and I'm like, wait a minute, why, does it, why is Twitter so quiet for so many of my European colleagues? <laughs> and then I, then I checked, and I was like, oh, it's... It's actually a hot. You can. You want to reschedule, my friend? And he was complete. He insisted we carry on. So, my friends, I I want to introduce you to Mario Fusco. He's a uh, over at Red Hat. He's a lead of the Drools project. He's super cool. He's one of the, you know, when I think of the ideal sort of Java champion, I think of somebody who's deeply uh, in the code and uh, into the community, and also, um, you know, uh, able to do both. At the peak of his powers, right? He's able to be a an amazing leader and member of the community, and also an amazing leader and, and member of the engineering community, right? Uh, so, just just a wonderful uh, specimen. 
I, 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 I have looked forward to this interview for a long time. I've talked to him a you know, zillion times over the years, including on my uh, various trips to Italy for various Java community events as well. But um, it was just so great to get him to, to, to sit down and chat. And I learned a lot uh, in this episode, obviously, and I, uh, I hope you will too. I think there's a lot of things that you can do as a Java developer to make your app that much more intelligent, um, you know, beyond just build a web service that talks to a database, right? There's so much stuff out there, uh, you know, beyond that or message queues or whatever. Um, and so Drools is sort of top of that list, right? There's Drools, there's Esper for complex event processing, there's uh, Axon for CQRS, there's, um, uh, you know, workflow engines like Flowable. I mean, there's just so many cool things that you can do uh, that are not, I think, as well understood or, uh, uh, you know, embraced uh, as, you know, your Kafka or your, your, your SQL database these days, or even your, your NoSQL database. Um, and it's worth highlighting these these things. Drools is a rules engine. And there are, uh, in the Java community, we've had a number of them. There was, um, was it Jesper? What was that called? Not Jasper Reports. Jesper, I think it was called. That was the uh, reference implementation of a standard aimed to um, to bring rules engine technology to the community. But these days, I don't think that project endures. I think it's just Drools. Drools is amazing. Uh, and it has grown over decades to become better and better still for for all the things it's doing. Um, and so it's just, it, I, it, it just works. If you have that use case, and by the way, you might have that use case and not know it, right? But if you have that use case, then surely this is something for you. Uh, actually, this is one of those use cases for which a, a, a bank might well have need, right? If you're in a highly regulated environment and you've got a number of sort of uh, you know, if this, do that, if that, do this, whatever. Like, imagine you're building a system to administer somebody's pension, um, and you need to know the rules about, you know, guaranteed output and, uh, and uh, percentages and whatever for different years of regulation, right? Maybe 20 years ago, there was some stipulation that if you put in this much, you'd get that much or whatever, but that changed five years later when the new administration or whatever came into power, whatever, right? These things change as time moves forward, and uh, it's important to be able to reliably reproduce the results uh, even uh, even in, in, in the far-flung future, right? And so rules engines are great for that. Another use case I remember hearing about years ago, I mean, 15 years ago maybe, uh, was using drools for routing of um, requests in a data center, or rather to a data center, right? So you get a request uh, for an, any number of different use cases for uh, to a business, and uh, I think I heard about this in Phoenix in, I don't know, 2008, something like that. And... Um, yeah, you you know who do you call? Who like literally? This request has just come in. It's from this person. To whom should it be routed? You know, if they haven't pressed anything, do we know enough to be able to route it? If not, uh, you know, let's put it on the line and let them talk to somebody. And then even there, what information can I add to the uh, to the flow to uh, enrich the routing to make sure it gets to the right person? And that's one of those things where you can feed all those variables into a rules engine, and it does amazing things. So I'm a big fan uh, of rules engines because they are technically very interesting. You know, before we had uh, machine learning and all that stuff, we had rules engines. They are uh, maybe a step down in simplicity from a full-blown neural network, but they are sophisticated enough to address a good many problems today, and um, they're well worth uh, some attention. So without further ado, my friends... Okay, well, hi. You're my first uh, interview for the new year, so I'm really grateful. And then, uh, and because I'm a stupid American, uh, I forgot that it's Epiphany today, uh, which is 
embarrassing. So I'm really, really sorry about that. Uh, thank you for joining me today. You're one of my favorite people, but especially today, I cannot tell you how grateful I am. Can you introduce yourself uh, to the audience so that I don't screw it up? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Mario Fusco. I'm from Italy. I'm from South Italy, but I live in uh, Milano. Uh, and uh, I work for Red Hat. I'm uh, the project lead of uh, Drus, which is the uh, rule engine, uh, uh, well, made by Red Hat, but now uh, we are probably in the process so to, 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 to move it uh, uh, and at least have a joint stewardship with, uh, with IBM. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm into uh, artificial intelligence, but uh, the, 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 old, uh, the old one, the one based on, uh, on rule engine, uh, I know that it's not cool that uh, machine learning is cooler these days, uh, I believe that uh, uh, the combination of the two things, the traditional artificial intelligence and machine learning could, could be a, a, um, a, winning, uh, a winning technology for, for this uh, 2023, but probably we can talk about this during, uh, during this podcast. Uh, and uh, what else? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Java champion and I'm the coordinator of the Java user group in, here in Milano. And uh, I have a wonderful wife and a wonderful daughter. And that's all. <laughs> I, I love, and you have a, a, a wonderful brain. And I think a lot of people will know about you because they have seen maybe your presentations or, uh, or your award-winning tweets are you know, <laughs> some of the best in the business. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I've, you are working on a very important project, but um, I think you are, you are as big as your project. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you have become your own celebrity, even though you are working with a very famous project as well, you know, separate, yeah. uh, but, uh, uh, you know, you're an yeah, awesome you're, person to follow. You know, I like I, I like uh, to 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 talk uh, to conferences in in person, especially, and this is one of the thing that I most uh, that I miss uh, the, the the most in the latest uh, couple of years, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I like to, to to speak about I don't know functional programming, and uh, now I'm playing a bit with this uh, new. Uh, um, project Loom virtual threads in Java. So I, I did some talk about this, some experiment about this. But in all honesty, this is also because I would like to uh, to uh, have more talks uh, at, at the conferences about also also about my my project, uh, the rule engine rules. But uh, you know, since it's not considered a cool thing anymore, as I said, it, it's quite it's quite hard to get uh, accepted uh, speaking about rules uh, nowadays, which is probably a, a mistake. Uh, but but this is it is what it is. Yes, I I think it is a big mistake of these conferences to not uh, welcome more content like that, uh, especially about uh, rules, especially from you. You know, um, okay. I want to talk about rules, and I want to talk about you, but you first. So I have some questions, just the basic stuff. You know. Um, <clears throat> first, what did you do to get into, you know, programming? 
Like, what was your introduction? Because today you are one of the, you know, smart, one of the very smart people that I look up to, right? And I, I always and wonder so, how somebody like you starts. Yeah, thank you. So this started like uh, 40 years ago, meaning that, uh, yeah, you know, uh, my, uh, my dad uh, is uh, an electronic engineer. Uh, and uh, um, at time at the end of the 70s, he uh, designed the uh, circuit board for television. Uh, yeah. And uh, he saw the, the, the coming of this new era of, uh, of uh, computer. So in the uh, 1982, it opened the, the first uh, computer shop in South Italy. Uh, which is, I don't know if you remember those Italian machine at time, the Olivetti machine. The, I don't the, there was a fa- Yeah, there was a quite famous brand in Italy called Olivetti that started, uh, uh, well, I guess you are younger than me, uh, that started uh, uh, um, making this uh, computer, which is pretty uh, famous at time, and, and, and those computers were sold basically all over Europe, in France, in Germany. Uh, and uh, my uh, dad was the first reseller of those machines, let's say, South wow. Rome. Um, and uh, yeah, mm, it, it was the, the, the 82, so exactly 40 years ago. And uh, of course, I started doing this in his computer shop, uh, playing with these uh, machines. And I had my very first introduction to, you know, basic at time. Uh, and uh, yeah, in that moment, I understood that uh, I wanted to do this for a living, if possible. And uh, yeah, now I'm here. Yeah, now you're, <laughs> well, there's like, oh, that's amazing. So I think yeah. some people are lucky. You are lucky. I was lucky. My my parents had access to computers, but uh, I am 38. When I was young, most people did not have a computer at home. They had computers, certainly at the workplace, you know. Um, and now I feel like everybody has access to some kind of computer, you know, even if it's just a mobile phone or something, right? But Ah, uh, yes, uh, yes. Well, I consider that at that time, uh, the, 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 those machines were super expensive, like, you know, like twenty or twenty-five thousand dollars. So it, it it was not really something that every family could afford. Right. So the so to have access to this, you yes. and I were both very very fortunate. You know, and mm. uh, I, I. How did you take that good luck and turn it into a good skill? You know, what is that? Did you just work on the computers and start developing an interest in? Was it? games that sparked you to program like what what was your uh well no, no, not really i i i told you are you probably younger than me but that time uh then started uh, uh yeah you know then i started programming on the commodore 64 and yep. uh there were there were these uh uh, uh printed journal uh with tons of listing on it and you copy manually copy the listing from the the the, 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 the journal the paper yep. uh, to, to the machine and you started playing with it and you start to understand 
you you first uh, did the, 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 the monkey job of just copying copying the, the, the code without understanding it and then you right. try to figure out how it works try to do small changes uh, modifications uh, and yeah this is this is how I, how I started and then again I, the, oh I was just gonna say I I did a lot of that yeah that was yeah and uh, yeah, uh, and yeah, then I I I I keep doing this, uh, of course, uh, at university, and then uh, during my my career, I I started doing doing Java at the very beginning with Java 1.0, so it was like 95 and 95 96. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I'm still doing this. Still enjoying it. Uh, still uh, mostly enjoying the the, the, the algorithmic, algorithmic part of the programming, uh, yeah. which is very very uh, a very necessary skill uh, for for instance uh, for 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 my engine. Uh, so I I keep learning. I I um, keep learning about performance optimization. Uh, because you know the, the problem of Java is that there are lots of layer between uh, what the code you write and hardware. And you, right. if if you want to be serious about performances, you you need to to figure out what happens in the virtual machine, what's going on with garbage collector, and then you start reading the bytecode, and then you start reading the assembly code, uh, and uh, yeah, it's. It, uh, I'm almost 50. Uh, I'm 49 this year, but but I'm still getting a lot of fun with this. So it's great. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Java has been, uh, it has gotten, in some ways, I think, as the language has grown more mature, it has gotten both more away from the machine and also, in some ways, closer to the machine. You know, and so what I mean by that is the language is now supporting abstractions that let people think about cloud and middleware and infrastructure and stuff that's not at all uh, tied to the machine. But also now you have Project Panama, you know, and you have uh, the Vector API for, you know, matrix multiplication. And you have all this really cool stuff that's like starting to come into the JDK uh, to make it so you can build really fast code. And then, of course, the just-in-time compiler you know, 25 mm-hmm. years ago, 26 years ago, whatever. Not not at 1.0, but a little bit after, right? Um, 1.1, maybe? So Yeah, sure. So, well, in, in reality, people did that uh, that uh, stuff uh, in a much uh, uh, hacky way with stuff like uh, some mission save, uh, <laughs> uh, stuff like this. So we always try to trick the virtual machine in some way. I don't know allocating uh, memory out of the virtual machine uh, to avoid the garbage collector running on it uh, <laughs> and stuff like this. So we, that's, we did, that's why unsafe is so big, right? Yes. So, the unsafe class. <laughs> yeah. Yes, correct. But it is unsafe indeed. And uh, yeah, <laughs> now we are trying to, to make this in a more controlled, more formal way. Uh, but it is necessary. Uh, especially yeah. yeah so uh 
uh, it, it makes sense. And again, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I like Java because uh, despite uh, the year, it's still a very uh, vibrant, uh, uh, both the ecosystem and the community. I'm a community guy, I'm a South Italian guy, so I'm a, a, a really a community guy. And, and uh, the, the fact uh, is that uh, that I like is that I like open source. I like the open community. I like the fact that uh, when I do conferences around the world, I I meet all the new friends around the world and, <laughs> and I keep in touch with them even uh, when I uh, work in, in in this small room in my office. Uh, and yeah, I, I really enjoy the social part of the. Um, of our of our job and i believe yeah. that the java community is one of the most uh, friendly and open and inclusive uh, so that that's why that, that that's another important aspect you know because people not doing the job just to see us as people uh, uh, striking keys on our keyboards uh, in front of our monitor but but uh, the social part of our uh, of our job is one of the most important one uh, and 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 and, as we, and we saw especially uh, this during the covid time again because we really missed it yes absolutely i couldn't agree more the software is a team sport and so mm-hmm. Being able to connect, you know, being able to be a, a part of that discussion, you move faster together, you know. Um, w- when you got into the Java community, when you got into Java programming, um, you know, it was a exciting community, but I don't think it was very, uh, I, I guess it was because they, they moved very quickly to create open, you know, to create uh, standards, right, uh, in the early, in the late 90s. So JDBC and then, uh, uh, you know, the, right. the servlet stuff uh, to move away from just applets. I remember there was this like push to move to the server side, you know, and that was kind of interesting because it was a lot of companies working together, you know, um, mm. to to create a thing. And it wasn't open source, right? That didn't happen for another. I mean, do yeah, you remember true. the, it wasn't open the, source. People don't remember. You can do, you can do, we had we were very lucky to have what we had in the nineties, right? It wasn't open source, but that wasn't a thing that wasn't very common at all. You know? No, that, that wasn't that thing uh, at all, except for Linux itself, but it wasn't a thing at all. But uh, uh, even before the Java virtual machine uh, became an open source project with the open JDK, we started having uh, lots of open source uh, projects uh, like like mine but even before i don't know hibernate yeah. or spring jboss jboss of course yes amazing leader right yes. I, i remember yes. the, i'm sure you remember but for the audience people don't remember that they used to sell uh, the documentation they were giving away the code and that was like <gasps> you know and do you remember the big fight to get open source certification for apache yes. for an for application servers you know uh it was a whole scandal i mean you know big drama in the community 20 years ago and now yeah so it was 20 years silly. ago really but now we we gave it from for, for granted and uh, yeah it, it's something normal it started like that yes yeah but you're right yeah hibernate 
JBoss Jewels. Uh, you know, JBoss is the, I think, the biggest thing that happened in the very beginning, you sure. know, early. Sure. Uh, yes. And then, of course, spring comes along. And it was struts also. We had Apache struts, like 2000, 1999, right? So there's some stuff that all happened in those few years. And then in 2005, I think it was, we had open source Java as well, right? Um, mm. But that, you know, there was 10 years where it was a very weird ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah, open yeah. source, but it was, but it was open. And yeah, it, you know, it, it was a new ecosystem, and it take a bit of time to to start. And uh, I remember in the late 90s, still there there was some. Uh, I know doubts about uh, the Java virtual machine, this garbage collector thing, uh, how can it really free the memory for me and how slow right. it is? Oh, so, no, my God, Java is so slow. And uh, uh, it, it, it was a, a better time uh, starting doing all in, uh, in, in Java. It was a winning bet now. Uh, and uh, yeah. still, I, 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 what I love of Java, especially in the in this latest year, because you know we had a a, a, a period between uh, the late 2000 and the early 10s where we Java was moving very slow. We had uh, one Java release every three or four year, and uh, mm-hmm. I participated. Uh, I participated to the. Uh, Project Lambda, for instance, for the, the introduction of the, 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 the uh, functional programming in Java, yeah. Yeah, in Java 8, and it was a really, really slow thing. I mean, I believe we started in 2007 or 8 discussing it with people like, uh, yeah, Brian Gates and Joshua Block, mm-hmm. and... Um, and 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 uh, the 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 uh, it, it came out in 2014, so it took really lots of <laughs> lots of of time. So there was that time where where uh, Java was moving really slowly, and and uh, uh, now I really love this uh, six month uh, cadence of releases uh, because it allows us to 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 release things faster, and and, and you know. Uh, with with this six month uh, uh, cadence, so we started having uh, more uh, uh, innovation, uh, even in parallel, like you mentioned, it Project uh, Panama. Uh, I I, I uh, do quite a lot of uh, uh, parallel and concurrent programming, so I, I'm really interested in, in uh, this Project Loom thing, in this right. upcoming virtual threads. Um, and, and the, the, there is lots of lots of innovation, and also the the, the language itself is changing yeah. a lot. Uh, we are going to have I don't know pattern matching uh, and uh, better type inference, and uh, you know it, it, it's still a very alive, and, and it's amazing if you think that uh, it now has more than a quarter of century. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, uh, an amazing language. I, I did not, even I, I love Java. And I loved it when I first found it because it seemed like it was a good mix of, if you wanted to do scripting, you know, we used to talk about script, uh, scripts, like script programming, scripting versus like real programming, you know, systems mm-hmm. programming, whatever. And it was, it, it's like, there was nothing in between. It was always this, 
Are they right. writing scripts or you're writing real programming, you know? And uh, I just thought that was always so painful. You know, it was such a weird, like, you know, uh, and now you have Java and Java is dynamic, like Lua and Lisp and, uh, you know, whatever, small talk. But it's also, you can do systems programming. You can have large teams building amazing things on it, you know? Um, such a wonderful mix. And now to today, I hear people, you talked about garbage collection and I hear uh, people talk about Rust and they always say, oh, the Go language and Java are so poor because they have a garbage collector, you know? And I'm like, it's like Java has done such an amazing job of being so, so fast, you know, with a just-in-time compiler that uh, and, does, and the garbage yes. collector. It does. Well, mm, uh, Rust uh, is it's also a, a very interesting thing, but uh, anyway, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's very innovative. Uh, I don't understand much the point of good, to be honest. I mean, uh, it, it seems like uh, I don't know. It's it's a it's a too simple language. Probably it's really hard to create abstraction with it. Uh, but probably it's right. not the it's probably it's not the, the purpose of the language. I I I I try to figure out how to. How Rust work? I mean, I cannot say I'm a Rust developer at all, of course, but it's it's really right. interesting. But it's a fight even to 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 make the, the simplest hello world to compile. So I mean, the the, yeah. the, the, the 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 access barrier is is quite high. So yeah, I watched a video by one of the developers on the Rust team uh, a month ago, I think, and the developer. And again, he works on the team. He's on the language team for Rust itself. He said something very interesting to me because in my head, I think the same thing. But I didn't know that the people on the Rust team also thought the same thing, which is that Rust is a language that you should use if you want, um, what did he say? Speed and safety, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which, of course, a lot of people want. But he said... It's not the same language as you should use necessarily for now. Maybe it'll change. But he said it's not the language necessarily for uh, productivity, right? Mm-hmm. These things are separate, right? They're two different concerns. So, and I think of Java as being safe right. and productive, right? Uh, but I don't think of it as being the fastest language, but I don't need it to be either. It's fast enough for, you know. 99% of my use cases. In fact, I can't remember the last right. time Java itself was the problem and not something I did in my code, you know? Um, right. And the 99% of time you don't want to, to deal at all with memory allocation and remember we, which object <laughs> you can free or not now. Yeah. So... Yeah. I, 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 and now Java is getting smaller too. So it's very efficient. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I... Anyway, it's just very interesting. I... It, they're talking about Rust in the same way that they used to talk about real programmers, you know, like, uh, you know, systems programmers and all that. It's very interesting to see somebody talk about a modern language in 2022. And they're not saying, hey, you build your REST APIs and write your data access code with this. They're saying, this is what you use if it must be performant, you know, and that's why uh, it's maybe it's going in the kernel, you know, it's a uh, Rust is in the Linux kernel now, you know, that kind of thing. But that's a good point. I think that's a very... 
smart way to think about it because I don't want to write business apps in the same language as I would a driver. Right? Course, it's not the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't want to write a driver in the same language as I would uh, my business app either. Right. Like these two are different things. Uh, okay. So you were in, um, you got into the Java community. You're, you, I didn't know you were on project Lambda. That's awesome. That was a, that was an interesting work. 10 years. You basically said, uh, it sounded like you just said, right. Uh, yeah. Years? It took well, uh, seven or eight years. Yes. Well, I, yeah. I did participate to the, uh, specification. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you remember there were three different specs at the very beginning, one proposed by Oracle, one proposed by Joshua Blocks, and one proposed by uh, a team here, uh, close here in Germany. Basically, it was the Eclipse proposal, and then the, the project Lambda was the combination at the end of the day was the combination of these three things, but it, it took really, you know, lots of time and discussion of what we wanted to, to, to have in and what we wanted to, to, to not have. And then uh, the other problem, well, problem, opportunity, let's say, was the fact that uh, uh, Scala was gaining uh, popularity at time and we had a sort of, you know, uh, feature envy with Scala and people started to say, you know, Scala can do this and you cannot, uh, but this is not acceptable. We we should be on feature parity and, uh, and yeah, related to what were you saying about programming language, uh, each and every programming language has uh, its own sweet spot and uh, it right. was a, a mistake at time to to, to uh, uh, try to keep the pace of Scala because it was born with a totally different idea of mind in mind and and uh, and uh, indeed we 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 did it at the end but you know it was uh, a really really long discussion and it took time also because of the openness of the discussion I mean you know it, right. it, you know it's a, an open community and everything. Uh, as a, its own idea and uh, as a developer or experienced uh, developer, we are also very, how can I say, strongly opinionated uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and you know the feeling, right? Of course. Yeah, I, I think uh, it came out very well, though, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it took a while, didn't it? I think Java has so many features that arrived and there are people that have strong opinions. And so when the feature finally does arrive, some group is unhappy, right? And so I think about the module discussion. That's another one that took a decade, more than a decade, more than 10 years, you know, mm. for modules. Uh, do you remember how, how many different proposals there were to add modules and the OSGI people wanted one thing and there was another thing that we proposed and several different things and people started to work on it and then they had to move on. They like the, the people working on it changed because the conversation took so many years, you know? Um, but, and then, and eventually they delivered something. It's not OSGI. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's well, small. With that, yeah, we, 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 uh, I, I didn't follow uh, as much as Lambda did the module uh, stuff. The, yeah. the, the problem there is that uh, while, uh, 
with functional programming with lambda expression it was uh, something uh, anyway let's say new to the java language so it was sort of a sort of greenfield thing of course a greenfield that that had to fit with the, with, with everything else in the in the java ecosystem uh, i remember it, it took us like almost one year just to figure out uh, what to do with serialization of lambdas uh but uh, uh with, with the model system probably it was even harder because it, it was not a totally uh new thing to java there was there was a osgi at time and uh, uh and and, and uh, uh people working on the model system had to confront with uh, with what the osgi did and what osgi had or, or had Yeah, people using it. Uh, so it's just like with the Scala people saying it must yes. be like this, you know, and it's like hmm. yes, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, even there, that there was a long discussion. Okay, uh, OSGI can do uh, the, the 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 dynamic uh, linking of modules while the system is running, uh, and uh, the model system cannot, uh, and why it cannot do this. Uh, I mean, you can while while the server is running, you can uh, launch other other OSGI module. You cannot do this uh, with Java, or you can upgrade uh, while the system is running. You can upgrade a module to a different version. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I also remember very long discussion about this. I didn't participate uh, directly to that. Uh, yeah, but it was. Another very interesting uh, thing, and probably a bit underused still. I mean, I don't see so many. I don't know your 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 feeling about it. Your but but uh, uh, you know the, the the introduction of Lambda with Java 8 really drive the adoption of Java 8, and people was jumping on that wagon to have to have proper functional programming in java Absolutely. i didn't see i didn't see the, the the same thing with the module system and with java 9 uh, no not at all no i mean i don't even i i still don't use the java module system and also i don't think i'm supposed to right i think basically they built it so that it would solve making it easier It would be easier to slice and dice the the JDK itself. The JDK, uh, yes. My, I don't need it. It's fine. You know, it's a nice, yeah, piece. Probably, it's a nice technology. It's just not for me. Yeah, and at this point of view, probably it was a let's say sort of leaky abstraction, meaning that yes, they 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 needed it to uh, to partition uh, the, the 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 JDK itself. And then yeah. uh, it leaked to each and every Java developer, developer, meaning that you can also create your own module. But yeah, yeah, probably it's uh, not so useful as as it is for 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 the, the Java the Java specs people. Yes, it was, but but you're right. Lambdas, Java eight was. I think the biggest release since Java 5, right? Mm. Java 5 was a very big deal because we got generics, we got, you know, uh, Swing got amazing, JavaFX was around then, you know, all these crazy things happened in Java 5. And then nothing for years and years. Uh, yeah. And then Java 8 comes out. And Java 8 is, because Java 5 came out in 2005. 
Dominique mm-hmm. came out in 2014, mm-hmm. right? So seven years and just two releases of Java in between, right? Um, so so Java 8 was like, I think probably the biggest release. You know, it's so, so important because it, 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 made, it gave us a, a whole bunch of new features, including features that looked like other modern languages, you know, um, including Lambdas, right? Lambdas. So I think, yeah, I... I me, I like uh, the the one thing I want is structural lambdas, like as a first class type, right? I want to be able to have a variable of type function of not yeah, Java util function, but just you know, yeah. Uh, and but it's still even me, even somebody who I used other languages and I know what they can do. I'm still very happy with the Java support. That's the thing. That's what's so good about what came is the the result is still good enough, you know. You can be very productive in Java today. And my Java code today is maybe a little bit more verbose than my Kotlin code, but not much, you know, not much. Java has gotten so, so thin. Yeah, it's so getting there now. Yeah, one thing that was really missing was uh, this uh, record uh, class. That, oh. uh, it, yeah, it reduces uh, it reduced a lot uh, uh, the, the, the amount of uh, getter and setter and to string and cache code and whatever you do with Java right. feeds. Uh, so, yeah, that was a game changer, at least for the purposity of the language. Uh, another uh, thing was the, the introduction of the var uh, keyword. So we have a little better uh, uh, type mm-hmm. inference type there. Uh, it is I use it all the time. All the time. Yeah. And uh and uh, uh yeah, another very nice thing was the, 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 the new switch uh switch statement and now they are about to introduce uh, patterns pattern matching, yes, pattern pattern yeah. matching. So uh you know uh Java is alive and kicking. Uh yeah. and it's changing a lot. And again I I I, I uh, foresee that that probably the big uh, the uh, biggest game uh, game changer in the next year will be project loom will be virtual thread probably probably uh, yep. with with a similar impact of, of lambda time because now uh, yes of course we don't want blocking co- code uh, and and then we we uh, went full full in with uh, reactive programming but I don't know. Well, for sure, you you did it uh, a lot uh, of it, and uh, you know, uh, especially for beginners, it's really hard to to, to use yeah. it to understand how, how it works. So different uh, nesting layers of, of callbacks, uh, and then you when you got an error, an exception, you don't know what. That exception come from uh, at the end because uh, your your stack is truncated to to the last uh, callback, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's not an easy model. It's it is a necessary model because you you don't want blocking code, uh, right? But uh, but uh, you can have it with Project Loom. You can have it without um, without this callback L. And, uh, and and yeah, I, I, I believe it yeah. will be a game changer in the next year. Right. I do too. I, I think, well, so I think, so reactive programming 
uh, is not just about non-blocking, right? It's also a structure of concurrency. Uh, and and you, so, have, you have break pressure, of course, yes. There's a, right. Yes. So all these things, I think, will be even better with Loom, right? Uh, I want right. Loom very much because it'll, take, it'll make it so that existing code does better. And then it'll make it so that code written using reactive APIs is also uh, just better, right? I, I just think it's a win for everybody, you know? Uh, yeah, I can't wait. You, may, you forgot one of my favorite features, by the way that has come to Java, records, uh, yes, var, yes, multi-line strings. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, it, it, it seems... Uh, so let's obvious. Say, so obvious things, stupid things, let's say, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it was really necessary, yes. Absolutely amazing. Um, okay, so... How did you get uh, into rules programming? Like, I'm trying to figure out what your introduction, what was the use case that took your brain and said, hey, I want to work on this. Like, you okay, can do anything, but right? I know you, you're very smart. Yeah, no, this is another uh, uh, funny story, probably, uh, meaning that, uh, uh, yeah, it, it was... Uh, 2009, 2010, uh, I was sort of tired of, of Java because it was not uh, uh, moving as fast as I hoped uh, at time, as I said. Uh, and then I started doing some uh, Scala. I moved uh, to Berlin at time because in Italy I couldn't find a reasonable Scala job. I, I found one in Germany. Uh, and uh, I started playing mostly with the uh, one thing that uh, Scala is really nice. Uh, it's uh, um, creating a DSL. So I create, uh, created uh, 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 basically a, a DSL around uh, uh, a very simple brute force rule engine. And I call it, I call it, it was my pet project. Uh, I call it uh, Hammurabi. And uh, I uh, I did a presentation that year. It was 2010 with the, the Scala. We did the Scala days that year at the Stanford University. Uh, and uh, I spoke about this uh, this rule engine written by myself in Scala, which was really really a toy project. Well, it was not right. really productive. It was just an experiment. And uh, uh, Mark Proctor was the leader, the lead of a time of uh, Drews, uh, so my presentation, and we started started discussing about this, and uh, and yeah, he offered me uh, a job uh, to to work on Drews. It, it was uh, I wasn't uh, thinking to 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 that at all. But the fact is that in that uh, uh, period, uh, uh, my wife was pregnant. Uh, we we were oh. waiting for our daughter, and uh, 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 you know, I wanted to to stay in Germany. I want to stay in Berlin. So I asked uh, my wife, uh, uh, "Please come over one 
just for one weekend, uh, give a look around and then see if you want to move from Milano to Berlin. And that uh, specific weekend, we had like uh, minus 22 or minus 23 degrees. And uh, my wife said, no, this is not for me at <laughs> all. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, a little uh, unlucky that weekend. Uh, so, yeah, I had to move back to Milano, to Italy, and I don't know if you remember, but it was uh, uh, um, it was not a, a fortunate period economically-wise. It was 2010. It was pretty hard to, oh, find, yeah. uh, to find a decent job, especially here in Italy. So, uh, when, when Mark Proctor offered me this work in uh, Red Hat, uh, I was super happy of this. Uh, and then, yeah. but, but I was totally uh, not knowledgeable uh, at all about all the, 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 the algorithm related with rule engine. Again, my rule engine was a very simple brute force one uh, because mostly I, I didn't want to play with the algorithm, with the rule engine itself. I didn't want to play with the DSL at time. Uh, so I had right. to learn from scratch all the uh, read the algorithm and all the optimization that uh, uh, a rule engine can eventually do. And uh, we started uh, creating our own new algorithm and optimization and uh, improvement uh, around the original uh, algorithm. We also have some uh, patents about it. We wrote some, you know, it's a very... What I like of, of this work and especially of the Red Hat approach is that uh, you are really free to to experiment, uh, to play with new stuff. Uh, I don't know, tomorrow right. morning I have a new idea. I start playing with that idea and uh, probably take me two weeks to figure out if it's a, 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 a reasonable thing, a good thing or not. And, you know, it's you are really experimenting. We We... We don't know what we are doing, right? At the moment, we do. And, <laughs> right. uh, and uh, yeah, the, the nice thing is that I'm really free to do this and, and nobody asks me, okay, what did you do in the last <laughs> two weeks? Because probably I did an experiment and uh, at the end of the two weeks, I, I, I found it was not going anywhere and I just threw everything away. So... <laughs> it happens uh, all the time. It, it happens, yes, yes. But but it's uh, engineering, yeah. Uh, but again, uh, it's a it's a really yeah challenging uh, and and nice job. And uh, I play a lot as well with with performance optimization, which which is another important part of mm -hmm. my job. Uh, and again, I I really, really believe that uh, uh, rule engine still has a role to play in the in the uh, artificial intelligence uh, market. Me too. So, okay. Mark Proctor, first of all, I, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Uh, is he still with Red Hat? Like... Yeah, 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 yeah. He's oh, still cool. The, yes, yes. He's still my mentor after like 12 years. Still wow. my mentor, still having a brilliant idea on a daily basis, really. Uh, and when you, you chat with him, you know, he, he has a, a, a very uh, huge uh, and deep stream of ideas. And it's really, really hard to, to, to keep up with him. 
because he jumps from a thing for a, for, to, to another. Uh, he's, he's probably one of the smartest guys I've met uh, in my career. Uh, and it's very hard, but also very energizing working with him, yes. Oh, good. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Was he the one who created Jules? I, I actually don't remember the whole backstory there because I, I found out about it after it was already mm. decently sized. Well, no, it was uh, a J Boss uh, project before. So yeah. before uh, uh, J Boss uh, was acqu- acquired by Red Dead, so it was a J Boss project before. So it, it started really in two thousand seven. And right. I joined the and I joined the project in 2011. So it was already a quite established thing when I joined. Right. But, uh, but did but Mark yeah. create it? Uh, yes, him and uh, another uh, another friend named uh, Bob uh, McQueen. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's the first. I just some back history. Talking about what is. Um, can you tell the audience like what's a rules engine? Why would you would, why would you use this wonderful piece of software called Drools, which is D R O D R O O L Z or S S Yes, yeah. Um, well, a rule engine is it's a, a software where a domain expert can encode his knowledge about uh, that domain. Okay, so normally. Our domain uh, expert thing is in terms of rule. It's something, if it's something happened, then something else should happen or something else. Uh, uh, I can infer some other thing and then, and then can think, can activate one more rule and then you have a cascade of activation. Right. Uh, and, and, and this idea applies to basically every domain. I mean, the, 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 the scope of application is true of rules is very huge. I don't know. It's used for uh, uh, fraud detection, there are uh, the biggest uh, credit card company having a, a huge set of rules saying, uh, I don't know, uh, if you used uh, uh, your credit card uh, in uh, San Francisco, but then uh, five minutes uh, after that same credit card has been used uh, in Shanghai, maybe something is going wrong and your card is blocked because of that specific rule, okay? So right. it's used a lot for fraud detection. It's used a lot uh, um, for uh, uh, in, in, in all the bank system also to, to, to decide, uh, you know, if you ask a mortgage, uh, you uh, and the bank is to decide uh, if, if, if they should give that mortgage to you or not, then... Uh, 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 you have a bunch of rules to say uh, to, to decide uh, if you are eligible for, for that thing. And of course, uh, banks start doing this thing with the, with the neural networks, with machine learning. But but the, the one of the main problem of machine learning is that uh, it is totally a black box. Okay, mm. so if a neural network say no, I don't want to give you that mortgage, and you you have the right to say okay, 
Okay, why? You don't, uh, but why? Yes. Yeah. And 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 the, and the neural a neural network is is totally a black box. You have no idea what's happening inside. You cannot give an explanation. Why with a rule engine you can track exactly the, the sequence of rule that has been activated to take that decision. So you can give an informed feedback to your customer, which is a key thing. And another uh, uh, key. Uh, uh, area of application is for uh, healthcare in general, for uh, medical system, uh, one of the uh, uh, biggest uh, installation usage of Drool uh, that I know is, uh, what's the name, Mayo Clinic, do you know it? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, they at the Mayo Clinic, uh, they, uh, they have this uh, uh, Knowledge encoded uh, by lots of uh, uh, of doctors working on uh, um, cancers, uh, wow. and uh, they have this uh, uh, knowledge uh, made. At, now it, it's like two hundred thousand rules written by doctor to say, okay, if I see uh, this symptom, maybe you have this, you have uh, the, the cancer. It's it's a, a, a banning one or, or it's something or you should uh, be operated. I mean, they, they, they have this very, very huge knowledge uh, uh, and um, and they do uh, uh, diagnosis of, of uh, cancer uh, with, with this uh, with this system. Wow. So this is another huge, uh, huge application. And of course, it's used uh, I don't know by uh, U.S. Uh, defense uh, system. Uh, wow. It's used, uh, you know, uh, for marketing. Lots of uh, uh, marketing rule. Uh, if you uh, if you uh, buy uh, a ticket for a flight, uh, you probably don't know, but uh, in 95% of cases, you are going through. Uh, a company that nobody knows, but it's, it's in south of France. They are in south of France and they use rules and, and all the biggest company goes around them to decide the, the, the crazy marketing rule that are behind uh, the pricing yeah. of flight uh, tickets. And, 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 and it's all made of rules. Sorry about right. this. That's <laughs> awesome. And, wow. And... So- uh, yeah it sounds like it sounds like I can use rules to encode very complex business rules, business logic, and why wouldn't I just use a bunch of if statements like why what, what is the audience for this? Okay, so there are uh, a few problems with the bunch of if statements. First of all, uh, uh, there is a, a performance problem uh, with a bunch of if statements. You are, uh, it, 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 it doesn't scale. It doesn't scale in the code. You cannot, I, I, I told you at Mayo Clinic, they have uh, 200,000 rules. Probably you don't want 200,000 uh, if statements in, in your code. Uh, well, rules are, are much more complex than, than a, than a simple if statement, so it will be much more. But anyway, um, so that that's one thing. The other thing is that, uh, as I said, uh, um, a rule engine is mostly something f- 
for a domain expert and a domain yeah. expert is not is not a java programming so the the doctor at Mayo Clinic are probably not able at all to write an if statement but uh, Rules have its own uh, language that is very uh, uh, user friendly, domain knowledge friendly, and, and it's very much also they are a visual tool to create rules. So it's much easier for them to create rules uh, without uh, having to learn a, proping, a proper programming language. And, and it happens, you know, it happens that, uh, uh, yeah, there are. Uh, domain expert that write rules or there are developers, even Java developers that write rules, but what is the advantage of using rules is that if I give you a, 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 a rule encoded in rules to a domain expert, he's probably didn't write him, but for sure he is able to read and validate it and say, okay, this is what I meant. And yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not the same. Uh, with the with a bunch of uh, if statement in, into uh, into a Java method, and the so, other aspect, oh. the other the other last very important aspect is the is the is the life cycle of your stuff. Okay, I mean if you have uh, uh, normally you encode your architectural code, your structural code in Java or in mm -hmm. a similar language, but uh, for instance, uh, think about again the, the marketing rule to decide the pricing of, uh, of uh, a flight. Those marketing rules, you, you know marketing people, those rules changes probably every day or every hour. So right. they, that, that piece of code has a totally different life cycle of your architectural code. So it's good that uh, you have it uh, in a separated language, in a separated system. And, 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 and marketing people can only uh, write that system without messing up with the, with the architectural code. So this is another important aspect. So you give people a, a format that they can use to encode the rules that isn't Java code. It's a text file, it sounds like. What about it's decision text, tables? Yes, it's a, uh, it's a text file, and then uh, uh, you uh, can encode it there. With decision table, people really love it because everybody loves Excel, you know. Right. So you can you can write your rule uh, in a tabular way, is basically in an Excel spreadsheet, and then there are other uh, visual means to create more complex uh, rule. Uh, the, we have a, a, a uh, client-based, uh, a web application when you can uh, create uh, defined rules uh, in a visual right. way. So there are there are many uh, more user-friendly than a Java class uh, thing to, 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 to encode your rules. It sounds like it. So these rules are stipulations about a condition and a thing that must happen as a result of that, right? Yes, exactly. So, so our rule is basically made of two parts, a, a pattern matching, a, a set of conditions that must be uh, satisfied to activate the rule. And the yeah. second part is uh, it's what happens when, um, when uh, the, 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 all, the, the, all those conditions are matched. Okay, and then yeah. what happens typically is okay, there is some external action that has to be taken, or uh, uh, another very typical thing is that other uh, uh, fact 
are asserted inside the rule engine itself. It is activate a loop because the assertion of this fact activate others rules and you have a cascade of these rules that that define at that point a quite complex decision. But it is quite it is quite complex decision because you have a chain of rules that have that are activated one after the other, but it's it's completely the nice thing it, it, is that it is a white box. It is totally traceable. It's totally right. uh, auditable, uh, and you can 100% uh, understand why that, that decision has been taken. I love this. So the rules engine gives you the ability to assert facts about the world, and then trigger them, trigger the rules when those facts about the world change, right? So if, right. if something you want to say, oh, if the stock falls below this price, then do this. Well, something has to monitor that fact. You have to assert that the stock price is below, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. And the same applies to your medical condition or your uh, um, credit card transaction. Uh, and uh, I don't know, for instance, another very cool uh, um, uh, application is is uh, it is used at uh, CERN for the physical experiment. Uh, right. So they they put uh, in the, 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 the they put in the rule engine the result of the physical experiment experiment in a live stream, and then the rules uh, the rules takes decision about the result of those experiments. So wow, uh, yeah, visiting visiting CERN and uh, and seeing how. You are using your software. You know, it's another, it's another very energizing, energizing uh, experience because uh, you have the feeling that uh, you know what you are doing as a purpose. So, yeah, we, I mean, so for people who don't know, CERN is the laboratory in uh, Switzerland where they yes. discovered the the God particle. Do you remember this, uh, the yes. Higgs boson particle? Uh, and yes, it's energizing is a perfect word for that, for physics. You know, physics are, yeah, yeah right. the study of the physics is amazing. Um, okay, so my question then is, what happens if I have a complex event, right? So a fact is a, a, a single point in time, right? Um, and you mentioned earlier, like, if somebody makes a, a, a fraud, fraudulent charge in whatever, San Francisco, but I'm actually living in Italy, right, uh, somewhere, then how does the system, th those happen over time. They're two different facts, but they're over time. So I want to have a, a complex event that says these, these two things have happened. Is there a way well, to model the, complex yes, events? It's, yes, sure. So it, it's, it's not really only fact, but... Uh... Uh, fact can optionally have a, a timestamp or a duration, and uh, there is a, a, a sub part of the language uh, of the Druze language when you can uh, uh, define uh, the, the temporal reasoning based rules. So you can say, okay, I observe uh, this event, and if uh, uh, this other event uh, came in a given window of time, then something should happen. Let me give you. A very another very simple example. I don't know. Uh, in um, in an hotel room, a fire is detected, and this is an event. And if mm -hmm. a second event, uh, which is the sprinkler, didn't turn off 
in a matter of five seconds. That's uh, another event or, or a lack of an event. You, you can, yeah, yeah. It's also very typical. Uh, uh, then an al- al- the alarm should, uh, should uh, uh, be triggered. Uh, right. So this is a, a, a very typical thing. So you have temporal reasoning and you can have quite complex uh, 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 rules based on this, or uh, I don't know, you can have uh, also temporal uh, windowings. I don't know, you have right. uh, uh, um, an application uh, working with uh, with stocks, so you have the, the quotation of the stocks in a given uh, temporal window, and if the average of, of, the, of the, the quotation in the temporal window is above or below a, a certain price, so you can you can take an action and stuff like this. So uh, you see. can have quite quite uh, complex uh, temporal uh, related rules if you want. Ah, amazing, amazing! Um, wow. So okay, <sighs> this is a very rich project, and I know it has a deep background in uh, academia. You know, it, it comes from a yeah. deep well of research. That uh, you mentioned the rete. REIT algorithm, right? That's uh, uh, one of many algorithms I think are employed in 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 uh, in, in something yes. like this. Um, and what you've done is you've made something that is very very um, high minded. You know, it's something you really have to think about to understand. You've made it so that people can use it to solve everyday yeah. problems, which I which I love. You know, uh, it's. I think Java is at its best when it's the mix of both business, uh, you know, and academia. You know, these people that are focused on solving a problem in a particular way, uh, who are and, and mixed with people who have real problems. You know, and, and this right. is one of those and, examples uh, of where and, and what, I love, what I love about my work is is often I'm in the middle of this, meaning that as I'm saying, I'm doing lots of algorithmic research on a, on a side, but. I also have connection with people that sometimes surprise me because they use a rule engine in a way that uh, I didn't expect at all. And, right. and uh, right. I, I'm in the middle between the geeky algorithm and the business people uh, trying to, to, to use uh, my software and also give me uh, some feedback about it, some uh, asking you for right. children. And, and, uh, it's nice. I see both sides of, of, of this work and I'm in the middle of it again. So it's really nice. Very nice. And so for me, obviously, I'm always, I'm all about, you know, making it as easy as possible for people to get very powerful tools and, and deliver with them uh, using Spring, right? I care about Spring. Uh, so what what is the, um, is is it still the AIE? Module is that still what is used for the integration there? Yeah, the, the, we have. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, we, we we have this uh, uh, huge umbrella project which, which is called uh, Key, which is the acronym for Knowledge is Everything, and uh, uh, there are a, a few part of this. Probably the biggest one, the most important important module of Key is Truths. But then we have the workflow engine, which is uh, JPPM. We have uh, the um, optimization engine, uh, which is OctaPlanner, uh, which is de- that is developed by my very good friend, uh, Geoffrey Desmet. Um, and, uh, and then we have uh, 
uh, another module that is called uh, Cogito, which is, uh, you know, the cloud reading counterpart. Yes. Well, yeah, uh, some. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, for some reason, people in US cannot pronounce this correctly. The, the, not, the right, you know, it's Latin. So the right, the right pronunciation is Cogito. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we in Europe are having a really hard time to, to make US people to understand how to pronounce I'm sorry. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, the, that is the, 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 the module where we are trying to make uh, uh, um, our uh, software also a good, uh, let's say, cloud citizen, cloud ready uh, citizen. Uh, we right. are also able, for instance, to um compile tools uh, natively so you can with graph vm so you can have your native uh, uh, application uh, running tools uh oh. so yes lots of, lots of research also in the day wow well this is oh this is all super exciting see this is the kind of stuff i love to to hear about because of course today people are looking for easy ways to solve complex problems mm-hmm. yes because, because we have more problems than ever it seems like So we need more software to fix those problems, you know? Um, yeah, well, that's all very good. I, I, I'm really in, excited about all this stuff. What is the new big thing? What's the, what's the thing you've been working on that, uh, you know, you didn't throw away after two weeks, you know? <laughs> uh, well, uh, we are trying to make uh, rules, uh, but this is a, a very experiment and in very early stage uh, research. Uh, a more distributed algorithm, meaning that uh, now you have this rule engine that runs uh, in one Java virtual machine instance in one single uh, uh, point, uh, and uh, and yeah, it, it is one single point of failure if you think about it. So we are on one side making an effort to make it uh, uh, a reliable, more reliable uh, thing, meaning that you can have. Uh, it replicated, but it's not only that we want it as a second step. We also wanted to have really it uh, distributed, meaning that uh, you can split the computation on multiple nodes, uh, which is something that is not possible now. And uh, uh, again, I believe that uh, 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 Project Loom could be an enabler for us uh, for it, because at that point we you can have the the, the uh, um, uh, non-blocking asynchronous communication between the different uh, nodes of of this distributed rule engine using Project Loom. So it's yes. something on which yes, it's something on which we are exper- start experimented. Like in the last two or three months, is not something uh, that will be ready in the next uh, two weeks. But uh, we are working on it, and it's another very very. Uh, interesting uh, job and uh, engaging yes very cool where can people learn more about uh jewels and and also what about you if you are on the internet and you want to be found where can people find you uh well i'm, I'm quite active on, on twitter uh twitter is yeah at some uh, 
I don't I don't know. I have mixed feeling about the situation of Twitter these days. I don't know what you yeah. think about this. I started, I started experimenting with Mastodon, but yeah, I, I'm still a, a, a big fan of Twitter and, and it's the only social network uh, that I use. Uh, and yeah, people uh, can find me there. My, my uh, account is simply Mario Fusco. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, again, uh, I, I, I prefer to have uh, in-person relationship again. So uh, I, I, I love to meet people at conferences. Uh, we will have uh, J-Focus in next month, in February. I don't know if we will, will, will we meet yep. there or are you going? Yes. Yep. Okay, nice. I will be there. That's great. Yes, that's Pretty great. sure. I, I think so. Let me just make sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Want to misspeak? I'm planning on being there. So okay. All right. <laughs> uh, by the way, okay. Uh, uh, let's, yeah, let's I'll be there. Me, let me also give give some shameless plug. We also we have the uh, Java Champions Conference in a couple of weeks, uh, and indeed I will give a talk about uh, Project Loom. So please, please, yes. please join us at the Java conference, uh, uh, and uh, yes, I'm very open uh, to to feedback. My uh, Twitter direct messages are open, so from time to time, people write me there, get in touch with me there, and feel, please feel free to do this, because again, I like to talk to people. Uh, yeah, and that's all, really. Thank you so much. Um... I appreciate you. I pre- I hope you're having a great holiday. Thank you so much for taking the time. Okay. Uh, Thanks a lot for grazie. this opportunity. Yes. Grazie mille volte, right? Yes. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.